I find myself too sometimes though, where I'm like, yeah, I do feel like I have many friends, but I don't see all of them in person all the time. I see most of them in a virtual space. You are listening to Come As You Are, the podcast. My name is Stephanie, and I'm joined by my two friends, Amanda and Tyler. Together, we are a trio of coaches coming together to explore life's biggest topics. Each episode, we hold true to our name, Come As You Are, by showing up and just hitting record. Whatever we bring to the table that week is what we talk about. No scripts, no planning, just real and raw conversations. Our mission is to create a space where vulnerability and authenticity take center stage. And we believe in the power of deep conversations and soulful connections. So welcome to the show. We are happy that you're here. And we invite you now to just sit back, relax, and enjoy today's conversation. We were just talking before uh, before we started recording, and we were like, we don't even know who we're talking about yet. And it's been this like evolutionary like progress, because when we started this project, we didn't know what we were doing. We didn't have a title for the show. And now we were sitting here going, who's our audience? Who's listening? So if you are listening, like, let us know in the comments who you are. Where'd you come from? How'd you get here? Um, because we're curious. We're just here showing up and we're having these conversations and uh, we're hoping to find some connection out there uh, in the digital space. And that kind of leads us into our conversation for today, which is all around connection and friendships and how, I mean, even relationships now, how they've all kind of changed and they've grown and they've become this weird like like digital space where we find connection with people from all over the world but like we somehow kind of feel disconnected in real life because like our think I think like for me at least like my in-person circle like people that I see in real life is so much smaller than like the vast amount of like connections that I've made online and like the friendships that have blossomed because of technology and so we were just talking about that and when, and that was like a conversation that came up in therapy so we were like hey let's make that the topic of today's episode so i want to kick it over to you two like what do you guys think about when you think about this idea of like connection and technology and how we've like how the digital world is changing how we build relationships we're just gonna go right into it aren't we <laughs> Absolutely, as we always do. In true fashion. Um, I, I think for me, really, the biggest part about that is kind of like what you were already saying is that, you know, I do feel like I am so connected, right? Like I have so many friends. And for me, something that's really important is to be aligned with like-minded people. And so... I, I see myself in so many spaces, but when I say that, it's like online spaces. And when I sit back and think, I have an incredible group of friends, and we were laughing before saying like, we have in-person friends, and then there's like the online friends. Um, like there almost has to be this distinction. And like, they're all my friends and I love them all equally. But I think that when I'm looking at, well, how many people do I hang out with in real life <laughs> as opposed to like online? I'm in 
Zoom room so often. I mean, look, here we are now in a Zoom room. Like, and the three of us have never actually met in person, but I feel like we have such a beautiful connection. And so I guess it, yeah, I I, I don't even know, like, how do we, I, I don't know. I, I My first thoughts are like, I feel like I, I'm so blessed to have so many incredible people in my life. But as I'm sharing that, it's like, they're not really physically, all of them, they're not all physically in my life. They're virtual. It's, and I know I'm not the only one that shares this experience, right? I kind of think that's what led us into this conversation. But yeah, it's, I don't know. It's an interesting thought. I think it is so intriguing and, and interesting to talk about this because there is a difference in energy when we come together here in this kind of like virtual room versus meeting people in person, especially like during the pandemic, I have experienced this for myself that all of a sudden I had so much more virtual conversations overall. Um, I also uh, was really um, blessed by um, kind of putting together a, a um, group of friends during the um, pandemic. We This was a regular like friendship love story. We met on the internet and we became this group of 12 people, which, you know, for me being an INFJ, super introverted person, 12 is like, what <laughs> are you bananas um super a lot of people for me to to be dealing with at the same time but we made it work um it's been a beautiful two years we just had our two-year anniversary so yay i'm so happy um that we are still together with the 12 of us and um i've i've noticed this that um all of those conversations that we were having virtually, because the 12 of us, we are scattered across three different countries. Um, I um, Luckily, I'm living somewhat in the same city with three of the uh, people, but the rest is really scattered. So we really would have to travel to see each other. And we did that now a couple of times here and there. Um, and the the virtual meetings that we are having I've kind of noticed that if we were to meet in person, if we were all in the same space, I don't think we would meet up as often. I'm definitely not the only introvert in that group for sure. <laughs> I, I think most of us are introverts. Um, and as introverts, we do have to be mindful of our energy, especially when it comes to social situations. You know, We can get so excited when we meet someone one-on-one -on -one or in smaller groups and we can have the time of our lives, but there will come a time when our social batteries just run out and we need to you know, kind of like uh, uh, go and, and like rent a, a cabin in the woods for two days to, to, to recover from all of the socializing, right? You, you guys know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Um, and so I, I think it's, it's, it's for me such a interesting discovery overall that when I connect virtually with people, my energy doesn't go down as much. Like I can have those kinds of virtual conversations actually, I don't know, so many times a week, but meeting up 
with people um, several times a week wouldn't be possible for me. Like I would be so drained. Um, so that's something that kind of like the pandemic and um, also this whole um, flood of, you know, more virtual meetings brought was brought with with the pandemic this insight that ah isn't that interesting like I, I actually can have more interactions um and I'm curious to hear from the both of you if this is this is true for you guys as well um but there is something definitely and I think this is what you were talking to Amanda there's something missing right like when you're not meeting in person when you're online, there is a different kind of energy. And I'm not saying that one or the other is, is better or worse, not at all. Just that it's it's different. It feels different. And I don't know, what, do you want to explore like how it's different? Or um, maybe you guys have some ideas of, of, I mean, there's obviously the physical aspect, but maybe there's more than that. Maybe there's, there's more. I don't know. What do you guys think? I mean already my brain's like firing in all different directions so I know this is gonna turn out to be a really cool conversation I think when when Stephanie when you were just sharing about how like you can get into these virtual rooms and you can talk to 12 different people and it doesn't drain you you know it doesn't like it doesn't deplete your energy like maybe being in a group of 12 people like in real life and I was like, yeah, that's totally me. Like I do like, I do group coaching calls and like on Wednesday I had 30 people in the group coaching call, which was like the highest number of people that I've had on a group coaching call before. So I was really excited about that. But I was like, I, I was like, I was only focused on the people who had submitted questions and I was coaching them. And it was like this collective energy was in the room but it was like the screen was not for me. It was like the screen was blocking all of the energy. You know what I mean? And so like, I mean, this is for me, like this is what's coming up for me is like, I'm, I'm an empath and I really feel energy. And I think we all probably have those, you know, empath energies because we're coaches and like we feel and read into energy. And I think this is why, at least for me, why I why I feel like I've been kind of thriving in the digital space is because the screen acts as like a natural barrier where like I don't feel like I carry as much energy away from a digital conversation than I do like in person you know because like when I'm with my friends in person and and you know we're having brunch and we're playing games or something like that it's you know up to like 10 people in one room like with 10 different energies and there's like a collective energy that comes from that that can either at least for me be extremely like energizing and like so empowering and I think this is like what happens when we go to like retreats and we go to like the conventions and we go to like you know, the workshops and the three-day live events and things like that is like, you know, it's all the same types of minds coming together in one room and it builds this like really powerful, like collective energy. And so we leave like buzzing. Like I always feel like I come out of a, a retreat, like high, like high off of life. Like it's <laughs> the most magical feeling. 
and then it wears off like 12 hours later and you kind of get back to like real life and things like that but like but like I think for me what I was talking to my therapist this week about was like was like the changing dynamics of friendships and like and like when the energy starts to shift from like a positive experience to a negative experience and like recognizing that okay maybe the friendship dynamics are changing and maybe I need to make some changes and, you know, like, like take more time with myself and save some of that energy for, you know, more, you know, more every once in a while occasions versus like, we're going to do something every single weekend and we're always going to be together and things like that. But like that for me, like, again, being an empath, like I'm, a very energetic, like in tuned being. And so when I'm in real life with somebody, like there's a collective energy there and it's either positive or negative, depending on, you know, all the different factors. But like, I think, I think that's the differentiator. I think I butchered that word factor. I think that's, I think that's like the thing that, that makes the difference is like the digital space. You're like blocked by a screen, which for me, it like, it preserves a lot of my energy and, you know, that can be a really safe space, but at the same time, it doesn't nourish me as much as like in a room with like, like-minded people and we're brainstorming and we're collaborating and we're creating together. And so it's like, it's like, there's pros and cons to both spaces. Like anything else, right? There's, there's always the pros and the cons. <laughs> <laughs> And I think we're just highlighting that in the, that in the space of looking at our connections and just looking at, okay, what does it look like in the virtual space and what does it look like in the real life space? And I still think it's hilarious that we're like actually making this distinction, right? Because I, I, I find myself too sometimes though, where I'm like, yeah, I do feel like I have many friends but I don't see all of them in person all the time. I see most of them in a virtual space. And I'm okay with that because I love the people that I hang out with and I love that you two are part of it, but that there, I think in going to this, like more, the more positive side of it is even just like, how much bigger our networks get to be, how much bigger they are when, I mean, seriously, look at us. We're in three different countries. <laughs> like That wouldn't happen walking down the street. So that I think that's a huge positive is that we do get to connect with others. And I think a big part of that for me anyways, personally, is knowing that I get to connect with other like-minded people because a lot of the people in my personal life, I love them to death. They're great people, but we don't necessarily share all the same beliefs or we're not all on the same wavelength. Like there's certain things that I have very strong beliefs about things and others in my life are like, well, that's silly. Like they just, and it's fine. We can still be friends. We can still enjoy time together but I think too you're highlighting Tyler how 
powerful it is when we are in a space that we have this collective energy and this, you know, going on the retreats, like you have a space where it's a bunch of like-minded people. And I think it's so interesting when we look at that, and maybe this is because I have an eight-year-old. And so we go to the park and everyone at the park is his friend. But then you have adults and you, and I see this all the time. Like even the parents are bringing their children to the park and they're sort of just like standing back and I'm like, Oh, hello. Like, hi, but we don't, we don't talk. We don't have conversation. It's like, it's so easy for kids to get, make friends and interact. Whereas adults, you get into a room and everyone's kind of like, oh, okay. Like, unless, you know, there is this, we're walking into a retreat. Everyone in this space is like-minded. Um, and so this, the judgment, that part of like the judgments that we hold. Um, yeah, that's what really comes up for me when it, like, what is the, what is the difference, right? What is the difference between a kid at the park and an adult in like Starbucks? I don't know, right? Like we're all in the same space and kids are so easy to talk to each other, make friends and they're having a great time. Whereas adults, we're very, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Closed off or I don't know what, I, Tyler, I see you like, go. <laughs> there, there is this, right? He's like exploding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there is. And I mean, it, it, it reminds me of being little and like, and like, and like going to Chuck E. Cheese, you know, and playing the games and playing in the ball pit and all of that grossness that we did when we were little and um they're like like to me there's like a sense of innocence there that like that like they don't have like they don't have like the boundaries they don't have like like the pressures and I get I'm going there because that's just who I am like they don't have the pressures of society like boxing them in and trying to get them to fit into different spaces and classes and you know all of these kind of things and it's like it's like adults we're like conditioned to like to like oh you know like the the lawyer can't talk to the you know teacher or something like that because like what are we going to have in common, you know? And like, it's this, it's just kind of like this built-in belief that of like social circles of like, of like, you know, when you, when you age, when you grow up, you kind of have to like find yourself in these specific social circle circles and they're not allowed to mix. They can coexist, but they're just not allowed to mix. And so we, like I see this all the time. We just box ourselves in to these like spaces and we're like, okay, these are the only types of people that we get to hang out with. And it's like, why, you know, why can't we, you know, talk to this person and talk to that person. And like, my grandma is great at this. I'll take, like, we'll go out to dinner and she does not care who she's talking to. Like she will talk to the table over here and the people at the bar and like, you know, it's like, and, and it's like, and it's almost childlike to watch her do it. And it, and like, and like, and like my aunt and uncle, they get very embarrassed and they're like, don't stop talking to people. And it's like, what, why, why is it such a bad thing to like 
talk to somebody, to to open up a conversation, to say, hey, you know, how are you? My name's Tyler. Like, what's the worst that's going to happen? Like, they're going to ignore you. They're going to say, leave me alone. Like, okay, cool. I'll leave you alone. Sorry. You know, but like, I, but I'm, I'm like guilty of this myself. I'm like having this like spiritual download moment of like, of like, we don't, we don't go out and make friends as adults, you know? And we were talking about this before we started the episode. It's like, I'm approaching 30, you know, this year. And I'm like thinking of like going out and trying to make more friends. And I'm like, this is the scariest thing ever. But yet your eight-year-old goes to the park and comes home with like five, five best friends, you know? And it's like, can it really be that simple? I guess is my question. I think we overcomplicate it. And I think that like looking at, okay, not only just the, the kids, but then you also go to like at the, both ends of the age spectrum, right? We have the young kids and we have the, the elderly. Because for me, it's the same thing. I see this, I see it all the time. I even get it. And I'm that person that goes to the grocery store and I have like the person in front of me in line telling me their life story, right? But it's often you see these elderly people who are just chatting about, they're talking to everybody. So I think this is why I was trying to get at the, there's this judgment, like, and the, like you were saying, the Tyler, the box, like we're putting ourselves in. It's that we're suddenly like, especially in the parenting world, like there's so much judgment, like, oh, your kid's having a tantrum or, oh, you talk to your kid like this, or you do this, or you do that. Like it's, and I mean, it's everywhere. But when I think of parents, if any of you parents are out there listening, like give me a hell yes in the comments, because it is 100%. Like, it's so true. Like, this is where, where mom guilt is born, right? It's all from these judgments of other people. And then we put them onto ourselves. And all of us are guilty of this. It's not just moms. We all have guilt about just being authentic, just showing up as ourselves. And that part, I think, is what feels kind of scary. It's like, Am I going to put myself out there and someone's going to be like, well, she's weird, like, or have some other form of judgment about us. And whereas when we're young, the innocence, we don't even really know that that exists. And then as elderly people, it's like, we just don't even care anymore. Like, it just doesn't even matter. Like we're, they have all the wisdom and they just, they realize that it actually doesn't matter. What other people think about you does not matter. And quite frankly, it's none of your business. <laughs> so that's my two cents. That's my little rant. <laughs> so to all of you listening and thinking, oh my gosh, this is so me. I'm so hard on myself. I'm so judging myself all the time. I'm so afraid to mess up. So I don't even do anything. I don't approach the people. I don't you know, speak up or whatever, please join the club of recovering people pleaser. <laughs> yes. Club, right? Like we all in it <laughs> doing our best to, and this is such a big topic. And especially when it comes to judgment, I mean, we can debunk this in, in really like two sentences or so, because when, when we judge ourselves, essentially we're afraid there's there's fear right and this fear voice that we all have can be so mean right it can be so mean like you're not smart enough to make friends or you're not 
whatever socialized enough to make friends or who's gonna want to be friends with you or you're to make friends you're whatever right like this voice can be so mean and I think what it comes down to at the end of the day is that when this fear voice is so loud for us this voice of judgment then there's probably a bit of misalignment within ourselves um Tala, you mentioned this earlier. I thought it was so beautiful. You mentioned um, talking about, you know, the friends and you feel like you are, um, there's there's not so much energy that you're taking away from those meetings, from those like getting together with your friends that it's more, more maybe more draining than energy giving or it, it, uh, those meetings create more negative than positive energy for you. And you said, such a key sentence there I'm so glad I can pick it up now you said maybe I want to spend some more time with myself so you didn't go down the route of saying oh I need new friends but you said hey I need to spend some time with myself and I think when we look at this voice of judgment that we all have this is the answer to take some time for yourself hey where's this mean voice living inside of me and uh, when was it born probably some decades ago <laughs> for all of us, when we were actually kids, right? When when we started to question, when we started to be corrected in our behavior of what is okay, what is not okay to do in terms of socializing, this is when the voice was basically born. And we need to go back to that. And we need to figure out a way to say to that voice, you know what, I hear you. And also this might not be true for me anymore because something that you have, done or something that was told to you 20 years ago was probably so outdated but we still have those voices in our heads because they're trying to protect us and I'm trying so hard right now not to drift into like the deeper part of this but <laughs> yeah. it's hard we, it's we, like we could be here uh, forever I know it's, it's exactly exactly Amanda. We're, like right, we're like right there and I, I can feel it like uh, petering it's like oh my gosh Jump over the um, cliff or what? Maybe maybe we'll save that for next time. (laughs) Yes, I think so. So this is just like a bit of a piece of advice, I think, for today, for all of you listening and and watching this, that when you have this voice of judgment, then um, it might be time to do a little bit of self-inquiry. What's there? um, How often does that voice come up? When does it come up? With what kind of people? And um, what is it saying? And then to just question that, that's the only thing, right? When the voice comes up and it tells you you're ugly or um, who are you to go over there and talk to those people, something like this, question that. Question that. And if you have those negative thoughts, you can also just turn them around and see if you can find a truth that works for you today. Mm. I love that. And the biggest Mm. ninja trick I love with this one, this voice of judgment is name it give your voice of judgment a name something other than your own whatever the name is because then it's you're separating it from yourself and i love what you're saying stephanie and like getting into this dialogue with it because then when you're having that dialogue right then you can say like hey listen up that's i don't know bob his voice of judgment's (laughs) name is bob right it's like hey bob like that's not true. That's not true for me. And so we're able to actually have that dialogue and from something separate 
from ourselves and we can separate it. And when it comes up, then we're like, oh, hey, Bob. And I think the biggest analogy I love about that one is that, I mean, Bob wears this camouflage of like being our best friend. Our voice of judgment is there. And you were saying exactly that, Stephanie, right? Of like this, they want, they wants to keep us safe. And she's like, oh, thanks, Bob. Thanks for trying to keep me safe, but I'm okay. And I love the analogy of like driving a car. So if we're driving in the car, Bob can be in the back seat, but he's not going to be driving the car. He's not allowed to drive, but he's allowed to sit in the back seat and we can chat and, you know, all of the things, but he cannot drive because he doesn't have a driver's license. <laughs> 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 Just not allowed to drive. Um, and I think this can be a huge, like, shift in how we approach situations or how we have these conversations within ourselves. I think this is super, super important to remember. I think like, wow. I'm, I'm like sitting here thinking about all of this and like reflecting on myself and my own journey over the last decade that I've been going down this personal development path and um which is crazy to think that it's been a decade like I've been doing this for like 11 over like over a decade now 11 years I started you know down this path of self-discovery and um one of the one of the things you know we talk about friendship and we talk about you know we talk about external friendship but we never talk about internal friendship and like how we're being to ourselves, which is what like Stephanie brought up. And then Amanda like continued this conversation and you, for me, what I discovered was, and I think this is common for most of us is that we are our worst critics. Mm. Like our, mm -hmm. like we are our worst enemies. We are like the bullies to ourselves. And I'm always reminding myself to, Hey, be your best friend, be your best friend. Like, you know, like don't let the negative thoughts, don't let like the insecurities, don't let like all of the, you know, all of the ickiness that comes up when you're like your worst enemy, like control you, you know, create, create a best friend in your mind, you know, as uh, Amanda was saying about putting Bob in the back seat, like, put your best friend in, in the passenger seat, you know, and have like, you know, have the negative voice in the back, you know, who's trying to keep you small, who's trying to keep you, I mean, they're, it's really trying to keep you safe, which is kind of a beautiful thing, but it's also recognizing that you are safe now and that you can still go and grow and like, you know, still go do the things and make the friends and like, you mm -hmm. know, go after the, the desires that you have in life and like, that only comes when you allow the inner you to be your best friend, to be the cheerleader, to be the supporter, to be the, you know, the person that you lean on. And, you know, that's a big reflection of like self-love. And I think that's something that we just don't, we just don't do enough of as humans because we, again, we're conditioned I think to believe that there's something wrong with us and there's something missing or, you know, whatnot. And like, and like, you know, I've, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned over the last decade is, 
you know, you have to be your best friend. You have to be like your own best friend. You can have an external best friend. You can have somebody in real life who's your like best friend, you know, that you lean on and, you know, that go-to friend. But like at the end of the day, like this is you on your journey. This is you going through life. And like, like you have to cheerlead yourself. You have to be the one that supports you. You have to be the one that has to live with the actions or inactions that you you know, take or don't take. And like, and like you can, you're not going to go anywhere if you're constantly criticizing yourself and being mean to yourself. And so, you know, I've been on a mission of like learning how to practice kindness and practice love and forgiveness and grace and all of those warm, fuzzy words. And like, it makes a difference, you know, it, it really does change it, it it allows you to hold the space to self-reflect and to really ask yourself, you know, like, like, are the relationships that I'm currently in, are they the best relationships for me? Or what am I missing? You know, and it's not a selfish thing to want to get new friends or to, you know, make some changes in your life. Because that was something that I was struggling with was like, am I being selfish because I want to go out and make some new friends? Like, should I not be happy with the ones that I have? And it's like, I love those people. They're they're my they're my gal pals. They're my, you know, go-to brunch, you know, we call ourselves the brunch bitches. Like that's it's fun. Like we have, you know, we have like a good time together, but like there's also still a part of me that wants and is longing for, you know, some more dreamers, visionaries, you know, people that that have you know, higher goals. And um, that's not selfish, you know, and I think that's a that's a big point is that when you want to go make new friends, when you want to make some changes in your life, it's not selfish to do that. I think this whole topic of friendship and relationships overall, I mean, this is so rich, right? And as always, we are sitting here and as we are coming to an end, we are all thinking, gee, I want to talk about this for five more hours <laughs> please <Yeah>, pretty much <laughs> but you know uh, I know we we know that you guys all have places to go <laughs> so this <laughs> will come to an end here just something I want to give you all as a as a it's a takeaway to to round us up here is that um the relationship that we have with ourselves will always be the blueprint for every other relationship we have with people outside of ourselves. So whatever you do with yourself, however deeply you love yourself, you care for yourself, will always be how much you can also love and care for other people. And this also unfortunately goes down the other way. If you are really not in alignment with who you are, if you really don't like what you see when you look in the mirror or when you have all of those hateful comments and, and thoughts towards yourself every day, then um, those are the kinds of friendships and relationships that you will attract in your life. So the key will always, always, always be <laughs> to return to yourself and to check in with yourself first and see what's there and to work on that relationship with yourself, right? Like put that, like Tyler said, put that best friend in your passenger seat. First of all, allow it to be there and then build that beautiful relationship with yourself and this will then have those beautiful ripple effects onto every other relationship that you have with yourself, with other people in your life, whether this is with uh, 
friends and partners, kids, family members, anyone really. So with that, we thank you all so, so much for listening, tuning in, watching this. Let us know in uh, the comments below, what are your number one thing that you are taking away from today? What are things that you are doing already to uh, be your best friend or what's something that you wanna incorporate uh, in the future from what we shared here today? Thank you so, so much. And this was another episode of Come As You Are and we will see you next time again. Thanks so much, everybody. And come and be Bye. friends with us. We want to be friends with yes. you all. Come and be friends with us. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. Thank you for listening to Come As You Are, the podcast. You can follow the show on Instagram at Kaya the Podcast and on YouTube and Facebook by searching Kaya the Podcast. If you haven't already done so, please help us keep the conversations going by subscribing, rating, reviewing, and sharing this podcast. And be sure to join us next time for another deep conversation.